right. So did did you have a did you have a like a got to get done soon thing going, Jim? Uh, Bill, I almost called you Jim. I don't know why. I was well, telling. if Jim was here, he would tell you no. Uh, no, no. I mean, you just, as long as we wrap up by ten, I'm fine. Right, well, ten ish. I'm pretty confident we'll wrap up with ten. If it's not even quite eight yet, and it, we're doing one. Well, book, you know, so we shouldn't I mean, have a problem. Last time I fell asleep while we were talking. So. Last time on Back to the Bins, Bill said. Where'd everybody go? Stay tuned for this week's exciting adventure. And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Stop it! What's in the box? Disenfranchised by the modern comics industry, producer Paul Spitaro, Dr. Bill Robinson, and Scott H. Gardner now ply the time stream in a never-ending quest to rediscover and reconnect with that unique brand of fun and excitement that can only truly be found in good old-fashioned, randomly selected comic book back issues. Journey with them now. Back. Back. To the bins. I got nowhere else to go. I got nowhere else to go. I got nothing else. What's going on? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll it would would have been it would have been funnier if you were talking in your sleep. It would have been funnier if if like you heard huh, Marilyn Monroe. What are you doing here? <laughs> no, no, I'm married. <laughs> no, no. All right. You want to do this or what? I think we t- talked about this before. One's like our top, you know, five or top. I, I got to tell you, I think the Looney Tunes one is one of the top. Oh yeah, yeah, done. yeah. Did oh no, no, yeah. Now, now that's like one of the the. And the I think it got one friends. of the most positive reactions from the listeners. I mean, we didn't get a lot of email on it, but just the Facebook comment. We do. Well, we got one from Russell. Yes. Of course, we always. <laughs> There's a piece of news. <laughs> An email this from Russell. In. News from Russell Bragg. I don't know if you saw it or not, but I, I, I gave you some kudos on that. I piece. did see it and I appreciated okay. it. I thought I, I thought I said thank you on, on the you know in the open forum. Uh, you, you, you may have. I just don't remember. I greatly appreciated but, uh, that. To, to be, I know you take the editing process very very serious. So when you compliment it, I know it means something. That's well, I I know what a monster that had to be to edit, and uh, and I oh, thought it came out really really well. I, I did it in like. I've Ten listened to it like sessions. three times now, and that thing's like three and a half hours, you know, and I've, I've still listened to it three times already. Yeah, well, that's, you know, listening to yourself talk does get a little tedious sometimes, but when you add all those clips in, it just makes it worthwhile. Right. Like, I don't want to hear my own voice that much, but when, you know, when I can hear Mel Blanc along with it, I'm good. <laughs> that and the other thing that still makes me laugh the hardest is your... Your coverage of the Rudolph special, <laughs> and and one of my favorites. I, I haven't listened to you it in years. Have a gun. Assuming assuming it's held up, the uh, the email episode we did of Avengers Spotlight, the one where we started talking about the handicapped Avengers. Oh yeah. I thought that was one of the funniest episodes we ever did. <laughs> the handicapped Avengers. Oh my God. Here comes Iron Lung. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's been a few over the years that that I'm really proud of. Yeah, this this is one of them. And well, we started our new project, the Looney Tunes review, and uh, what? Yeah, yeah. I actually I actually gave that some thought briefly recently. Like, you know, I had so much fun doing that. It'd be like, wouldn't it be fun to do like a regular Looney Tunes? And I'm like, no, stop it, stop coming up with podcast ideas. You can't. You, you know, it. let's just just to, to to feed that thought a little bit. Because, no, we're not going to start a loon. But if you wanted to every once in a while do a little extra feature where at the end of the episode we talk about, you know, we pick a specific cartoon, we watch it, and we talk about it at the end of the episode as kind of a, you know, just a, an every once in a while thing, I'd be totally up for adding that to a list of things <laughs> we could do on the show. I'm Can not. Hey, Looney Tunes history. I do three shows right now. I'm not interested in adding any. I, you know, it, that that right. takes all the time I have for podcasting, and it probably takes more than I really have. Uh, but. To, to add a feature onto a show we already do, I could handle that. So if every once in a while you want to throw an episode in, that's fine. I, I've been actually I've been coming up with ideas for different um, show, you know, like I don't know what you'd call it, segments, you know, sub shows, whatever for for bins, you know, like mm. we've been doing Avengers Spotlight, you know, we're doing the JSA things. I, I've been coming up with different ideas. I'd like to 
I know we, we kind of tossed this idea around before, but the idea of doing like a some sort of like favorites best of, you know, like picking picking books. We have read them before and there there are favorites, you know, to make yeah. sure that we start, you know, knocking out the things that, you know, you may have never done a show on it. But, you know, this is one of your favorite comics of all time kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, in the interest of. You know, we've we've mentioned many times that, you know, some of our our best episodes and some of our our most fun episodes are when we just have some absolute shit book that we bring to the show and we just rip on it, you know, like the the F Troop or something like that. And I was thinking it'd be fun if that was actually a sub show and, you know, call it something like the shit show or something where everybody purposely brings a shitty book, you know, or or something that you expect is going to be shitty. You know, oh. that, that could be a lot of So we want to do the show or what? Yeah, let's do the show. We've been on for uh, we've, been, we've, we've been on for almost 40 minutes. Ooh. Who's bringing us Hold on, i got to open up the... Wake uh, up! I am awake. I'm just going back to the book. With, uh, i got to quick sleep quick, this episode. Quick whip whip through synopsis for this thing, because there ain't much really in here. So I can, I can burn right through ah. this. Hello! Uh, Hello! Him! 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 <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the bins. Wait, that's my line. Stop stealing my shtick. Wake up. <laughs> wake up. Wake up. <laughs> Was it wake Professor? Uh, not Professor. Uh, Sister Mary Elephant or something from uh, Cheech and Chong? What? Wake up. <laughs> Doesn't she say shut up? Yeah, shut except up. for the very, except for the very last one. It's wake up. Ah. Wake up. Thank you. Now we'll have a, a, get a nice message from Officer Stadenko. I think. We didn't anyway. even make it past the opening and we're off the rails. It's your fault. It's not my fault. My my fault? They were talking fancy to me. You said big words. They were locusts. Locusts. i got to watch that with Ben because I got that now on DVD. But anyway, we are here tonight, today, or whenever you're listening, to speak of some strange adventures of the JSA with me is I got no I got no lucky lightning Paul Spataro and my name ain't Johnny Thunder Scott Gardner. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that's all I can think of uh, off the top of my head. And I of course would be I'm slower. Than, <laughs> would be, <laughs> I would be I would be Lord Dynamo's Zeppelin. Uh, so we're off to issue number four of this mini series we got some action finally thrill packed adventure that you'll find in Strange Adventures magazine wait no no what Strange Adventures magazine this is Strange JSA Strange Adventures number four well we used to see you could read more about Superman in Superman Superman magazine right okay alright apparently back in the 1950s you could call a comic book a magazine Mm, true True. So, how are you guys doing? Any uh, any new comic news? Well, I went to the most recent Long Island comic show and came home with a bag of one and two dollar books. Some was it which... a was it a per ton? <laughs> <laughs> some of which I'll be shipping off to my co-hosts. Sweet. I, I, that was that was a, a fun adventure. I, I, I like the fact that some of these shows now, the, the Long Island comic show in particular, seems to take place every you know three four five months and it's a five dollar admission and it's a comic book show it's not you know not really heavily focused on anything but comic basically so. everybody is uh, you're just paying for the entrance and everybody's peddling their books yeah but for five bucks i don't mind it it's not like new york yeah. comic-con where you're spending you know fifty sixty dollars to stand in line again to get somebody's autograph for another fifty sixty dollars yeah, it's killing me right now because i just saw something the other day about um the uh, the next upcoming um, MegaCon here in Orlando, and I, I have I mean I had absolutely no interest in it. wasn't planning to go. I, I was really done after last year. It left such a bad taste in my mouth. I'm pretty sure we ended up doing a, an episode or a segment of an episode about it. So oh we did. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. But then I saw something. I don't know. It was an email I got or something about it where um, they released the first guest list, and right off the bat, I saw where Mike Grell was going to be there, and I'm like, oh. So I mean, I still don't think I'm going to go, but man, it's you know, sometimes they they 
you know, they add people that make it really hard to say no. Because I would really like to meet Mike Grell. I'd like to get, you know, some stuff signed from him and, you know, stuff like that. There was somebody else, too. I cannot remember off the top of my head who it was, but there was somebody else, big classic creator as well, that uh, was well, going to be there. But supposedly, I'll keep an eye on Supposedly hmm? for Free Comic Book Day, this is all rumor from one of the owners of my LCS, say that they're trying to get Jim Steranko. Wow. And that would be at the Gulf View Square Mall, and they basically would have like the big opening outside in front of the mall is where they have all the artists and everything. So it'd be like, I don't know. So you, if that comes true, you might just want to take time off and come over here for that, if you'd like. I might. I'm, I'm not the biggest Storenko fan in the world, and I don't think I have a lot of his stuff, but I do have both volumes of Jim Storenko's History of Comics. Oh, um, what's funny is I've had those. Gosh, it's got to be over 30 years. I've had those never read them. I started reading the first one, but I think I was too new into comics at the time to really appreciate it because it goes. I mean, you know, it's it's history. So it goes all the way back. And it was talking about all the old guy, you know, Hal Foster and, you know, stuff like that all the way back to like the strips and everything. And I didn't know who the hell they were talking about. And I, I it just kind of lost me because it's very in-depth and everything. But, you know, I've been meaning to go back and, and read it again because, I mean, it's just it's a shame to have something that's, you know, that's so highly sought. I don't I have no idea what the value of it is. I, I'm under the impression they're worth a lot of money, but I, I don't know for sure. But I know that they are highly sought after and everything. And it's kind of a shame to have that. And it just sits on a shelf collecting dust. So one of these days, I've, I've got to make it a priority to actually read them. You know, otherwise, I, I should probably give them up. You know, to sell them for you know somebody else that would really appreciate them. But one of these days, I do intend to read them. I just had never gotten around to it. You know, trying yeah. again. Maybe you can get his signature in the book. Yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool to get that because you know I, I know he's don't think, in and all that. I don't think he is too hesitant to give signature. I think he's pretty quick. Mm. That's cool. I cannot yeah. remember who the other creator was that I heard bandied about for um, for Megacon. I know they're playing up the big deal that like Jim Lee is one of the big. I could give a rat's ass about Jim Lee. I was going to look at the confirmed. Yeah, there was somebody I don't no, know for I mean, my LCS. They've got a confirmed oh, list, and then and then I heard. So while you're talking about that, I'll. Oh boy. I mean, are you going to Megacon? Are you, no. Are you thinking? Of, no. no, I didn't. See, I didn't think so. How about Chuck? Yeah. Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan. I think I think I'm just done with you know. I mean, I, I'd like to still do big cons, but I'm I'm just not gonna pay you know crazy amounts of money just to get in the door. And you know, with MegaCon, between the ticket itself and then parking, I mean, parking was ridiculous too. I mean, you know, you're dropping almost a hundred dollars before you've even walked in the friggin' door. You know, <laughs> that's not. I, I'm, I just can't. Cool. I, <laughs> No, I can't do that. Cool, man. No, I can't cool. do that. And then turn and go in there and spend, you know, even more money. So, yeah. Well, I'm I'm thinking of actually going to one that's, you know, it's not that much money, but it's a little more than the five dollars at here, only because uh, I was going back and forth with Darren Sutherland, who's a heck of a nice, and he was telling me about a uh, con in August that's over at Mohican Sun, you know, the casino. Casino, and, yeah. And he was saying Professor Allen and Emily are probably coming. And Ron Randall, who I just did an episode of Is It Yours With, he's a comic creator for Trekker. Uh, he's going to be there. And Darren and Ruth are going to be there. And then I'm trying to remember, he mentioned somebody else there as well. And I was thinking, well, I could maybe try and make a weekend of it and go to the casino and go to the show for a day. So I don't I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's definitely tempting. They still do, um, what's the one that we all came up there for that Eternal time? Eternal Eternal. Do they still do that? They still do it. I haven't gone to it. And, well, I haven't gone to it since we went to it, so I don't know. Uh, it, they moved it across the street to the Nassau Coliseum. I had heard it wasn't as good there, even though it's a bigger venue. Right. So, oh, yeah, because we were at – well, I liked where we went and did that in the, um, in the uh, you know, with the planes. and aviation. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I, I think cool. in the grand scheme, if we might be better off uh, if you guys were going to come up for another one. If you came up for one of these smaller $5 ones where it's just really comic focused, and this right. way we'd go spend the day at, at the convention, pick up a you know bunch of books off our want list, then come back and you know barbecuing and hanging out. Or should oh. I say grilling? Hey, I'm on your side, man. It's barbecue. If it's outside on the grill, it's barbecue. You, well, you I, I know that, well, and you know actually, that. Actually, Scott ha has it seen the picture, right? Because I don't think I sent it. 
I sent it in a different chat of me cooking outside, looking yes. all evil. <laughs> over yes, the you fire. truly do look evil in those pictures. I'll send them to you, Scott. So here are the current guests that are listed to go that come to Yancey Street. These are, I guess, these are con- con- confirmed. Uh, well, it says guest list subject to change. Come meet Graham Nolan. Not familiar off the top of my head. I know, I know Chuck- the name, but I can't. Graham Nolan? Yeah. Yeah, I know Graham Nolan. I, I've got a bunch of shit signed by him. I know him. Graham Nolan. He owes me money. <laughs> Chuck Dixon. Yep. Mike Perkins. Oh, I love his restaurant. Don McTeague. McTeague? Not sure. Uh, the guy that did all the zombie ones, Arthur Sudanem. Sudanem. Oh, Sudanem. Yeah. Andrea Muti. 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 That's a... Didn't he do... Didn't he do... Whatchamacallit that we did? the That indie book. Oh, yeah, Fearscape. Fearscape. Did he do the art? I think that was him. Oh. oh. Samantha Castillo, uh, Sergio Carello. Oh, yeah, Sergio Carello, yeah. Uh, I was just talking about him. Somebody, I forget, one of the, the comic book groups that I'm in on uh, Facebook, somebody was mentioning something about the the Action Bible the other day. Mm. And I think, I think they were posting about it in kind of a jokey way, like, hey, look at this thing, and I rushed into to point out that hey you know the art's fantastic in that I I didn't comment on you know because you know you don't want to get into religion and politics you know <laughs> Facebook or anything yeah. like that but uh, Sergio Carello uh, did the the art for that the Action Bible I think I'm trying to remember if it's the Action Bible it's a, I want to say there's another word in there it's like Action Hero Bible or something like that but it's basically taking the Bible and like all the classic like Old Testament stories and doing it comic book style to where, you know, like, you know, Samson and those guys are more like comic book superheroes. And uh, this guy's art's fantastic. He, he's the one, if you remember after the last time I went to Megacon, uh, I got a bunch of prints. He's the one that did the Lone Ranger and Tonto prints that I got. Oh, OK. Because uh, he was doing that for a time with uh, with Dynamite Comics. Yeah, the guy's an incredible artist and uh, really, really good stuff. But yeah, I, I keep seeing that around and uh, I'm going to pick it up one of these days because they, they have them at like Hobby Lobby and stuff. They always have mm. that action Bible and the, the art's just beautiful in it. Good um, stuff. Next we have James Pruitt, uh, Steve Lydic, L-Y-D-I-C, Maury Hollowell, which actually I've met at my LCS before. He did, He was the, I think he was the colorist for I remember back in the day he was colors for Civil War. Yeah, um, I remember he. Okay. he I th- I'm pretty sure he made a few appearances back then on uh, Comic Geek Speak and seemed to be like a really good guy. Yeah, I remember he was there at the time. I don't know if he's still married, but I believe it was either his uh, girlfriend, wife, fiance, and they had a small ch- little children with them. Uh, Adelso Corona, good uh, Corona. <laughs> And Fierce Comics. So it says more guests to be announced. And word on the street, rumor has it, Jim Steranko as well. But we shall see. But, yeah, maybe that's enough to entice you to come over, Scott. Free comics. Free comics. I'm trying to find. Oh, here we are, comic creators. Trying to find who was it that. Oh, God, they've added a whole bunch of whole bunch more people I hadn't seen. So Perez is going to. This is for Megacon this year. Perez. Mm -hmm. Arthur Adams. I didn't see that one before. John Beatty. I did see where he was going to be there. Michael Golden. Oh, Tom Grummet was the other one. Yeah, Tom Grummet's going to be there. I'd really like to. I'd like to meet him too. And Nascenti. Now I don't. She seems. I don't know. I'm not sure about her, but she did write Longshot, and I always love that series. I was always really. Oh, John Ostrander was another one. So I mean, there's a lot of classic people this year. That are going to be there, and some of which I don't either. They haven't been there before, or I've never seen. You know, I I miss the years that they've been there before. But some of these I think are new to to MegaCon. But I don't know. I mean, if a, if a free ticket was to fall on my lap, I'd go. But I'm I'm just I don't know. I really don't want to end up having to pay again to to put up with all the the nonsense. But man, there's some of these I'd really like to meet. Mike Grell's a big one for me because I mean he did he was doing Superboy when I was a kid you know I love that stuff you know classic Superboy and the Legion and all that stuff so I don't know I'm gonna kick it around but if I gotta pay I probably won't <laughs> anyway well I guess we should uh, wait should get onto the book on. now yeah forwarding a, I'm forwarding a picture is it a porno no it's a picture of me oh God it's no. even worse it's I hope hopefully it's not in the Captain America paint outfit. <laughs> oh, oh, oh no! I'm sending the pictures of me cooking out. 
at least the the two of me I'm over there. The, mm, I'm cooking out. That'll come to you on Facebook in its own sweet time. And Look at the this size one. of that. Oh, you don't even have it yet. <laughs> All right, All let's right. get into this. Okay. All right. At so some point who's got who's later. got the? Uh... I got the synopsis. Stand oh. back, everyone. I've got a synopsis and I know how to use it. Oh wait, no. I guess we got to talk about the Indicia first. Whoops. <laughs> All right. So there's this mini series I've been meaning to watch on Netflix. I'll be back. Shut up. <laughs> well, you you cover it then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't have the Indicia up. I forgot about that. Anybody oh, got some Indicia? Almighty. I'll do the synopsis. You know, so who now, did the cover? Uh, the oh, the show. credits. You're talking yeah, the, the credits. credits. Yeah, so credits it's, it's written this. by Kevin J. Anderson, breakdowns by Barry Kitson, finishes by Gary Erskine, lettering by Rob Lee, color and separations by High Five. Associate Editor, editor Steve Wacky, Wacker, <laughs> and edited by Peter J. Tor- Go ahead, and Bill, run with Barry it. Kitson, didn't, didn't Kitson do the covers as well? I would Uh No. No, I would imagine no, not. It's uh, <laughs> I have forgotten the, the artist's name on this. We talked about him in the first episode. It's the same guy for all of them. I just can't remember his name. Why I thought one of us was going to look it up, but that's I'll okay. look it up. You thought wrong. You, you look it up. So on the cover we have uh, a rather distraught um, Johnny Thunder looking at what appears to be what's left of his thunderbolt, while the rest of the JSA stands stands in the background looking down like, yeah, we don't need you anymore, kid. <laughs> John Watson, that was Watson. Come here, Watson. So, quick synopsis for the book: uh, Lord Dynamo has had enough of our crap and I have had enough of you, and <laughs> takes it out. Uh, especially that guy that I believe was the mayor. And when I say was, I mean as in past tense, because uh, <laughs> he he's in for a shocking revelation. Uh, so the city is being laid waste to as the JSA is rescuing various citizens from the lightning crackling down from the Zeppelin, the mighty Zeppelin and the, uh, Lord Dynamo's mutated robotic soldiers of death come out and begin to kill people. And Wildcat punches through a machine, which we'll get to that later, inconsistent powers. Um, and Johnny Thunder decides, hey, I'm going to do something really smart, and I'm going to call out my genie and my lightning. And, oh, wow, Lord Dynamo really was looking for a power source, and he takes the, he takes, uh, takes the genie away. Kapoof. And at the same time, Dr. Fate is doing a little magic whimmy-whammy and blows the Zeppelin away, and Lord Dynamo, poof, is gone. And later, as uh, what is it? What's that guy's name? Mr. Harrison, the writer, or yeah. Williamson. 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 Williamson is hearing the um, the story of the ongoing battle over the radio as he pulls into a small town to get some gas for next to nothing back in the good old days. And uh, then he's still continuing on his journey. And we cut back to the JSA's headquarters where everybody is pissed off and throwing a pity party for good old Johnny Thunder and. From that point, he received a letter from Mr. Williamson, and we come back to Mr. Williamson in New Mexico, the land of enchantment, where suddenly his car stops running, lights go dark, and he is greeted by Lord Dynamo's minions. And Lord Dynamo says, Jack Williamson, you will come with me. I have need of your services. I require a writer. And that is the issue. See, that wasn't bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go through it deeper anyway. It stinks. <laughs> what? Yeah. So, just overall thoughts before we go through it. A lot of action compared to some of the other ones. Um, you know, Lord Dynamo showed his true colors, kind of. True sure. colors came shining. Through. It is a lot of action. Um, it's a this particular issue was a very quick read because it, it yeah. is a lot of action. Um, not as much on the on the exposition and everything. Um, this particular issue, though, really made me miss, you know, the the days where there would be caption, there would be a little more, you know, it was a little more like reading a book, you know, the the author would, you know, have little insights and things, because there's there's a number of things that happen in this particular issue that I'm, um, you know, little little actions and little pieces of dialogue that I'm like, am I missing something here? So I'll I'll mention them as we go along through, but. Um, I liked this issue. I still like where the story's going, but man, I mean, you you talk about a really good example, you know, 
a, a, you know, a really good argument against this decompressed storytelling style. Th- this issue right here is a perfect example of it because I can't help but feel by this point with this fourth issue that this story is ultimately I, – I mean, I have not read ahead, so this is just – No, a, I haven't either. But I, I'm going to guess that by the time we get to the end of this six-issue mini that – if this were being told back in the day by like Roy Thomas, it would have been done in a, in a two-parter. That that's just my guess on this because I mean, ultimately, as cool as this issue is, not a hell of a lot happens really. It's a it's a lot of action filler. So I don't know. I'd be curious to to see what you guys think of it. Yeah, I, that's not, not to say I didn't like it. It's just you know. Well, just just to, to be spinning. really brief on it because we don't want to go too much in depth i agree with what you're saying and the fact that we're reading this the way we are where we're doing one issue at a time we're not kind of barreling through it we're getting the experience of effectively uh you know if you were picking it up off the newsstand and and then having to wait a month for the next issue and i think that's where it kind of falls short a little bit because i think if you bought this as a trade and you just sat and read all six issues back to back then i don't think i'd have the same issue right so but I'm I, just I'm looking at this issue and I'm I'm just I, I can't help but notice the fact that it's three dollars and fifty cents. You know that was the original cover price on this. I mean, do you feel like you got three dollars and fifty cents worth out of this? There are very very few comics. You know, setting aside the thought process of you know some comics are introductions of great characters and whatever. There, it, it's a rare comic that I think is worth three three dollars and cents brand new. Right. And, you know, this, this is no exception to that rule. And, you know, not not to divert us into a whole different conversation, but but this is kind of my issue with with this sort of thing, with the decompressed storytelling. And I, I think this issue is a really good example of it, of, you know, we, we all understand that, you know, comics are kind of in trouble these days. You know, we were talking about this a little bit before we got started with the show, you know, speculating on, you know, where comic shops are going to be in five years and stuff like that. I can't help but feel that this is a lot of the reason that comics are are in the dire straits that they're in is when they're doing things like this, you know, this super decompressed storytelling where not a whole hell of a lot happens in this particular issue. And it's three dollars and fifty cents for one issue of a six issue minis. And, you know, so I'm thinking, all right, so, you know, they're obviously doing the whole writing for the trade mentality. Well, I'm looking at the trade. And according to Mike's Amazing World, the trade is 15 bucks. That ain't cheap, you know. So I don't know. It's just, well, at, at it's six issues, 15 bucks. You're that looking is, at that uh, is, like 250 an issue in the trade. Yeah, that is cheaper than buying the individual books. Yeah, that's you true. Know, there's an article. A little I, over too closer to. I I didn't read it, and it's going to be ironic when the fact that I didn't read it, considering what the article was about, that the movie 1917 was having problems holding the attention span of the audience because of it, everything wasn't so, you know, bam, 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 bam. There was like long scenes that were slow and today's right. audiences are like, ah, I, you know, flash like, sh- like a bill shit in front of me. Exactly. Shut up. So <laughs> of course, of course I couldn't be bothered to read an article to get the full gist of it, but <laughs> But has that happened to comics? You know, comics used to be long. We enjoyed the long ones, you know, Roy Thomas storytelling and such. And now it's now the comics are just, you know, oh, yep. Today's audiences, I guess the audiences that are our age when we started are satisfied with this, whereas we are not. Well, I mean, Perhaps. I think it comes down to good storytelling is good storytelling. Now, have I read, uh, you know, something from the old days, you know, like a Roy Thomas story that I thought was plotting and boring. Yeah. I mean, I, I would point directly at the, and I know this is going to be blasting don't you, some people, don't but I would you, point directly at the Kree-Skrull War. I think oh, that I, thing oh, is Oh, I thought you were going to say the Mantis. A ha- What's that? I thought you were going to say the Celestial Madonna. But I, I, I would, I would kind of point to that one, too. Oh, you shut your I mouth. Don't think that one's, I don't think that one's near as bad as the, as the Kree-Skrull War. There's a lot of that that I think is just a slog because it's just too damn wordy. You know, so I mean that that's kind of the other end of the spectrum. But I I think that when they got away from that, and I don't know what you call it, it's not narration, but you know what I'm talking about, the caption boxes. You know, where we kind of explain, you know, because there was there there was some writers, and and I think Thomas was really guilty of this, where they would over explain. So they're basically telling you what you're seeing on it. I don't mean that, but I'm talking where they would actually 
it was almost like reading an illustrated novel to where you were getting some insights into things that may not necessarily be reflected on the page or spoken by the, the characters, but it was giving you more information than, than just what you're seeing visually. I, I kind of miss that, especially when you've got something like this where it's all driven by the visuals and, and the dialogue. Sometimes that's not enough. Sometimes you need a little bit more to understand exactly. Okay, page what, 18. I can't. I have no idea what the last eight panels, the last six panels of that page. I'm not really sure what the hell that's supposed to be. What's supposed to be going on there? Well, why don't we wait right. till we get to that? And yeah. Look at it. Because then. it's like, huh? Okay. So no, I I agree with you. There's some things in here. It's like, uh, maybe a little explanation. Maybe I'm just not quick on the uptake. Uh, you know, maybe spoon feed it to me. Right. What do we think of the cover on this? I, yeah. A little dark for my taste. Uh, well, I don't. Johnny Thunder looks really. I don't, I don't really like the way everybody's drawn. I mean, I don't know. I'm not crazy about you. the Especially, Flash. Looks weird. The Flash looks way too young to me. The Hawks look fine. Green Lantern looks fine. Our Man, but yeah, the Flash looks weird, uh, and Johnny Thunder looks really weird. Johnny, yeah, Johnny Thunder does look weird. He looks much older than everybody else, and he's supposed to be kind of the kid mascot. Yeah, he looks like Don Knotts almost. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it just doesn't look – it looks off. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not crazy about this one. I mean, I get the, what they're trying to convey, the Hawk loss Queen's, of – The Hawk loss Queen's of – shorts are way too tight, too. That's making me uncomfortable. Can you show me on the Hawkman doll where he touched you? <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't think it's a terrible cover. I Like, it does catch my eye a little bit, but it, it, it's – It's not I, as good I, as some of the others. I don't disagree that it's a little bit off. I, I, I'm not crazy about the angle. Uh, I'm, and, and the face is – don't look quite right, and it's a little darker than I'd like. Here, here, let me give Kirk a plug. Here, Kirk, why don't you tell me how many covers look just like this one so you can make me look stupid? Okay, move along. <laughs> ah, we love you, Kirk. Just like that distant uncle that we never go visit. <laughs> so let's sorry, let's, start, let's start paging through this thing already. So we open up the story with the dirigible up in the sky and where uh, Flash is running towards it as it's shooting lightning down and the crowd is running away, so he's running in the opposite direction of the crowd. And it's basically picking up where we left off last issue, where it's been determined that they're not going to provide the uh, the, the Green Lantern's ring and, and, and the, the lightning green. rod. I mean, yeah. the, and the, light, uh, the gravity rod. So, and then we, we cut to the mayor, who is talking <laughs> about, we must, we must talk to Lord Dynamo. He can't possibly, and then mid-sentence he gets zapped and is... Vaporized. Just like the guy in World War of the Worlds. That's what it was. I couldn't figure out what that reminded me of. Isn't the guy yeah. like go, going out, stay calm or whatever. And he glows green and skeleton and then he's gone. That's it. Yep. I knew I'd seen this before. Then uh, Johnny Thunder is, is laying on the uh, ground because he was standing right behind the mayor as he's speaking. Uh, and he's he's concerned that, you know, his speech has caused all of this. Uh, the Flash grabs him and, and pulls him out of there. Uh, and... The JSA is all uh, basically doing damage control at this point, and they decide to go on the offensive, and Green Lantern and Starman take to the sky. And then we have our double-page splash showing showing the dirigible shooting down. We have some uh, narration boxes from uh, Lord Dynamo. I offered them wonders. I attempted to enlighten them. I planned to serve as their benevolent leader, and they rebuffed me. And uh, what's the name of this this main henchman, Lord Dynamo? Do we know? Oh, oh I can't remember. I do not remember. Because we still have yet to actually see Lord Dynamo. We just see a big column of energy inside some type of glass, and occasionally maybe some type of human-ish form outline, maybe. So he sends out some of his warriors, who I guess are the uh, you know the, the revived dead people who are working as their soldiers, and. Uh, this is the, you know since they since they refuse to surrender their power they'll just, they'll drain the energy that they need from the reserves and simply destroy everything. And mm-hmm. uh, Lord Dynamo from inside his chamber says, "Both every drop of power brings me closer to my grand ascension. If these lesser beings do not accept responsibility for their own destiny, then we will force it on them and take what we need." So then uh, the robot soldiers are doing a ground attack, and once again, <laughs> Adam and uh, Wildcat have power well beyond what they should have because they're punching these robots and these metal 
robots are just falling to pieces based on their punching. And then, they, I mean, to me, this is a little lazy writing here. Wildcat says, good thing my knuckles don't bruise easily. That's what a lifetime of boxing in the boxing ring will do. No, no, yeah. that is not uh-huh. what a lifetime in the boxing um, ring will do for you. I'm sorry. It will actually make I'm your hands weaker. Bullshit on that, yeah. It'll make those bones more likely, those knuckles are more likely to fracture after a lifetime in the boxing ring. Right. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman, who actually has superpowers, attacking them. And, you know, at least that makes sense. And then, once again... I mean, I would be, I would be willing, you know, to... To believe, you know, if I was going to no prize this, that maybe Wildcat has something in his costume, because if you look at his knuckles, they almost look raised, like maybe there is something in there, some form of like a like brass knuckles or something. But the Adam doesn't had, wear gloves. No. He's doing this bare fisted punching a robot and it's flying to pieces. So, yeah, something's wrong here. I, I'm thinking that maybe Anderson or, or the artist or somebody is confused and thinking that this is a later incarnation of the Atom than than it actually is, because later on he would gain superpowers, but at this time he does not have superpowers. But they make a point in one of the issues we already covered to say that they do not. Right. That's why they were able to go over to uh, Nazi Germany. Right. So it's, it's not, I mean, the writer certainly knows that they don't have superpowers. You know, why he's, why he's portraying them this way is beyond me. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm at a loss. I don't know. Yeah, it's to me it, it is a a like a blatant flaw particular uh, series so far, and they've done it repeatedly. It's not like okay they had one panel where they did it, and you can kind of overlook it. This is just happening over and over again, and I, I to me it's it's sloppy writing or sloppy art or whatever. I mean it's sloppy. It's a sloppy creation. Anyway, right. moving on. Uh, the next page shows in the sky, Flash is looking at it, and it seems like there's never enough time. What can be faster than lightning? And he rescues a guy with a little side, you know, sidestep. Uh, now, this is a part I didn't understand. What what the hell is he talking about? Well, here I, we have we have a series of, on, on the next page, four panels in a row, uh, where he's talking about he played football people. back when he was in college, and they used to call him Leadfoot Garrett. So meaning before he had superpowers, he was not, you know, he was kind of slow. Uh, and what I like about it is it's it's obviously happening very, very quickly, but in those four panels, in each one of them, he's rescuing a different bystander. I kind of like that aspect of it. I think that's kind of cool because yeah. he's moving so fast that you can't even follow him. Yeah, I mean, I get that, but what what is he talking about when he says, what can be faster than lightning? What, what is he talking is he Is he asking himself, can I... Can I be faster than the lightning? Is that what he's doing? I think I think I that's think an attempt so, yeah. to be clever. Is my yeah. I think it's a rhetorical hero inner monologue he's saying out loud. Just it, it struck me as odd. I really wasn't sure what what he was getting at there. It is a cool sequence though. Mm-hmm. I just didn't quite get that little piece of dialogue. So then you know, he continues rescuing people, including a very small boy in the bottom part of it, who says "Yay's." I would have liked to have seen a dog pissing on a fire hydrant and him rescue the dog. <laughs> that fire hydrant, he runs by. So then we, we cut back to the sky where we see uh, Hawkman and Hawkgirl, Green Lantern and Starman all, you know, paying atten- you know, going after the dirigible. Uh, and Hawkgirl gets zapped. Starman and Green Lantern are using their rings or their power sources. Uh, but clearly, you know, pretty clearly their, their, their power sources are being drained. So... It seems to me that they are playing into the hands of Lord Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Thunder is down on the ground, and he is, uh, you know, lamenting, you know, what he can do to help. And he calls for the Thunderbolt and sends him up to make a difference. He goes up there, and uh, he's attempting to help the, the other heroes. And then while he's doing that, we see a close-up of the dirigible, and Lord Dynamo says, "I am still hungry." The, the Thunderbolt says, I will take a crack at this villain. Let me try. And we get a Kazak. And he is, I guess, sucked, sucked, in. sucked into the energy drainer. And he's yelling, Master Johnny, as he gets pulled in, I can't break free. And then he's gone. Johnny drops to tears. And then I think we have a pretty cool artistic sequence here. This next page of Dr. Fate. This yeah. page in particular, I think, is awesome. Uh, it's yeah, got a close-up like of Doctor Fate's eyes, you know, behind the mask. It says, "I call upon the ancient powers." Then we have a long panel 
where he says the forces of nature and it shows him you know with his cape being blown in the wind and both arms raised and crackling with energy we have a close-up of his hand crackling with energy a shot of his face where he says the wind and then a long shot from a distance he's still got his arms outstretched doing jazz hands saying the storm i think that's a really cool sequence uh, you know they really needed another one that said smog yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to episode 400 if you want to know what that's about. Uh, <laughs> next page, he says, I will turn Lord Dynamo's own forces back on him. And you see the dirigible starts to, uh, to, to what do they call it when it's a ship? List? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, Bill, you were in the Navy. The, this thing is to the side. This is, ships usually don't go that way. <laughs> this like, looks like it's, it's it's tilting to the side and off. Anyway, whatever it may be. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, a little bit, but it's yeah, it's 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 out of control. Doctor Fate says, "By the powers of Naboo, I cast you away." In another close-up, and then we see a street street shot where the wind is uh, akin to Superman Two. I was just gonna say, is this a shot from Superman Two? Just, just as long as we don't see an idiot with skate uh, on skates. Whoa, going whoa, by. whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> <laughs> or the guy talking on the on, in the phone booth, the half phone booth. And I, yeah. I actually hate that. I love I love the movie. I hate that. Well, none of I don't think any of that stuff the was done. The people. I think that was done later. Yeah, no, that's clearly. Uh, oh God, the people. That's clearly what's his name. Lester. The, Lester. Yeah. Lester. So, okay. So, this page. Okay, so page eighteen. We go back inside the dirigible. Uh, the henchman says, "Ach, we cannot fight the storm. The winds are too strong." And you see the people within are like falling, being thrown about because clearly the ship the ship is being tossed about. Uh, one of the henchmen goes flying against the wall, uh-huh. and then we see close-up of the main henchman with what looks to be a robot behind him, uh-huh. and another robot saying, "I submit gladly to termination. Thank you, for, thank you for allowing me to serve you, Lord Dynamo." And I guess he's falling out of the because there are numerous right. robots around. And what is that serve? What is this doing? I guess it's, I guess it's showing. The, is it just showing the effect that of what the guy fell Dr. out? Fate I mean, did. I I was thinking like, did he jump out in order to change the ballast of the of the dirigible? What? Mm, See, this is why I was sure. with Scott that maybe a little bit more. Like, is it just a meaningless scene, or is there something he did that caused the dirigible to dirigible to right itself? That's what I was like. I agree with Scott. Maybe sometimes a little bit exclamate exclamate that. Somebody tell me what's going on with help. <laughs> All right, Porky. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. It, it would pro- this could probably use a narration. Uh, well, also, the panels below, what is, what is happening? You've got the guy dressed in purple. There's just, there. a, there's just a guy standing there on the street. Like, well, we see, we see a long shot of the dirigible, again, you know, at an angle. So it's clearly, you know, in distress. Then we have a close-up of uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Then we, sh- we have another we shot looking down at the street. Did he, did he land on him and kill him? I mean, I don't know if he landed on anybody. And then we have another uh, long shot of the dirigible. Showing that it's moved or from different. Yeah, it's. uh, And then we got a beautiful shot on the next page. Now, yeah, that's a beautiful shot again of Dr. Fate, full page shot of him with his arms extended and energy crackling off him. He says, here's where we could use the word smog because he says more wind, more storm. And then we could use like a a one with where the uh, typeset is even bigger where he says smog. <laughs> and then you know you you could see in the next page that the dirigible is being blown away. Doctor Fate is down on his hands and knees. Said that was all I had, but it was enough. And then we cut to the JSA, I guess on ground level. Uh, the up front is Johnny, who's in tears. Our man says, Johnny, are you all right? And Johnny, in very small print, says, Thunder. And everybody else is just kind of looking on ominously. We have uh, Dr. Midnight, Wildcat, Wonder Woman, Our Man, and Mr. Mr. Terrific. Dr. Midnight is going, what happened? <laughs> I didn't see anything. <laughs> are they gone? Oh, no, that sorry, shot I was punching Wildcat. What's that? That shot of Johnny right there where he's crying, does that remind anybody else of Steve Dillon? A little bit, a little yeah. Bit, yeah. I didn't think of that, but he, he definitely is a pencil neck in that shot. And he looks he looks significantly older. I think everybody else in that panel looks better than him. I thought you were going to say, does that remind you of the commercial in the 70s when there's a litter thrown on the highway and the Italian <laughs> cries? What was his name? Keep something. Yeah, I, He was I, Italian. Yeah, he, no, he wasn't he was even Italian, in India. Yeah. 
Well, so was Chief <laughs> J. Strongbow, the World Wrestling Federation dude, was Italian. And 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 just I know we're going off on a way off on a tangent here, but I used to watch wrestling back in the 70s. And Chief J. Strongbow's tag team partner at one time was Billy White Wolf, and they were supposed to be both Native Americans. Chief J. Strongbow was an Italian guy named Joe Scarpa, and uh, Billy White Wolf was actually an Iraqi who came to America and married an American woman and became a uh, U.S. citizen who went to high school with Saddam Hussein. <laughs> wow. So, anyway, anybody who, who's interested Iron, in that, look it up on the internet, and you'll see I'm telling you the truth. So, Iron Eyes Cody, that was That's it. And we, I know we covered a, a book where we extensively right. spoke about him years ago, but I couldn't tell you which episode. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Mr. What is it, Williamson? Yes. And he's Williams along the road. Yeah. He says, I still have another two days of driving before I reach New Mexico, but at least I'll be home again. We see that he's in Nebraska. I'm not sure what the town is. It just says N-A-W, but we don't see the rest of it. Nah. He, he pulls into a gas station, gets his uh, car filled up and the oil checked. and just I, I find it amazing that, that gas station attendants were white. It just seems really stupid. Uh and uh, meanwhile, you know, and while he's, he's doing that, he's the radio is yeah. announcing what, what's going on in uh, in the battle. And uh, we're hearing about how Johnny lost his thunderbolt, and you can see Mr. Williamson looks a little bit disturbed by this. And There's an Eat at Joe's reference, see? Yeah, Eat at Joe's Eat Cafe. It. Special yeah. offer potatoes. What uh, what does that mean? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the attendant says, drive, drive careful, mister. Supposed to be a big storm whip it whipping up and mr Wilson says seems to be a storm everywhere i turn and he drives off what's the uh the sign there it says fishmonger in that middle yeah. panel fish, what, what, uh, this, the wait. fishmonger is actually adolf hitler the what secret identity no. of the... oh i'm sorry that was you the hate monger sorry you will buy my fish <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no cut... wait if no that, a fishmonger is a person or store that sells for fish for food. Okay. I know that's all of this. Oh, I figured okay. that's what it was. I just never heard that term. You. I, I had not either. That's what usually it's like you go to the seafood market or, you know. I, it just say fresh fish. You go down to the docks. <laughs> get your fresh. I am the fishmonger. Da, 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 da. So he drives There's off. Two of and them. Then we, a paradox. We cut to. Uh... What? What? <laughs> huh? Two. What? Two fishmongers is a paradox? I don't get it. <laughs> oh, wait, wait a minute. Oh. Got it? Yeah, I got it. Uh, days later at the Justice Society headquarters, we have a meeting of the crew. Is uh, So we see Our Man, Johnny Thunder, Hawk Girl, Wildcat, Adam, Wonder Woman, Hawkman, Star Spangled Kid, Flash, Starman, Spectre, Green Lantern, Our Man, Sandman, and is that uh, Dr. Occult? Probably. Either Dr. Occult or Indiana Jones, one of the two. But about the could be a hipster doofus, and it could be current day. <laughs> so, Mr. Terrific says at least the Zeppelin is gone. Yeah, because that music was terrible. Oh, wait, sorry. Too soon. Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Love Led Zeppelin. But uh, oh, the Flash says for now, too. maybe. I'm then... just speaking for Mr. Terrific, not myself. I like Led Zeppelin. Now, Alan Scott, how stupid could he be? Maybe I should have given up my ring if I could have prevented. I mean, do you really? Really? You saw what this guy did when you refused to give up your ring, and you're thinking of that maybe you should have? He sucked up. He yeah, sucked that, up the genie like he was a milkshake, so he wouldn't. He wouldn't have mattered, you knucklehead. Yeah, Clearly, he had he, bad intentions. So yeah, Adam talks sense there. No way, Buster. Lord Dynamo's little tantrum showed us exactly why that guy should never control have control of so much power. Sandman says we need to pool our information and sort through the data. We'll find out his weakness, learn who he is. The Justice Society must defeat Lord Dynamo, not make concessions to him. So right now, Alan Scott's the only one being an idiot. Our man says at least nobody's heard of, heard from Dynamo in days. Gives us a little time to get together a welcome back party for him, which is exactly what they should be doing. They should be figuring out, okay, what are we going to do when we, you know, not only should they be figuring out what are we going to do when we can get him or confront when he confronts us, they should be saying, where is he? Let's find out. And just let him, Hawkman talk sense. Lord Dynamo's getting more powerful and as he's absorbing energy. Hawk Girl says it's as if he's building towards something, or he is. The terrific he's says, ascension. we're really sorry about your Thunderbolt. And Johnny Thunder says, I don't even know why I'm part of the JSA without him. I don't belong there. Thunderbolt was my only claim to being a superhero like the rest of you. 
Not entirely. Mr. Terrific, uh, uh, excuse me, me, Sandman says, me, Wildcat, Adam, and Mr. Terrific, we don't have any superpowers, even though we can punch robots. In Those are terms they should not be using. In 1941, they should not be using the term superhero and superpowers. May, may, I, I could maybe forgive superpowers, but definitely not superhero. They mystery are men. mystery men. They are not superheroes. Johnny, don't forget, you're the JSA's official historian. You're very important to us. Here's a camera. Why don't you follow us around and not do anything? You could be like our <laughs> Jimmy Olsen. Uh, I, I have to admit, I kind of liked this sequence. For, for the first time, I think possibly ever, I, I actually felt something for Johnny Thunder here. I, I actually kind of felt sorry for him. All right, that's fair enough. Johnny says, what would Mr. Williamson do in a situation like this? I bet he'd make it into a powerful story for the magazine. And then he's, uh, Starman gives him a letter from that just came to Johnny reads it. And now what's the significance here of the little drawn thunderbolt on the page? Well, he had been flipping through his book earlier when he flipped it up. Okay, go back like two pages and he threw down his book. He's talking blah, 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 blah. And then he opens the letter and he, I guess he then picked up the, I, I think it just so happened to fall to that page. It, it's kind of. It makes you think that he's looking at the pad, but he's got the he's got the letter. And I, I don't think it's is laid somehow out. The, is that somehow the thunderbolt in some sort of different form, like reforming or something? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think Johnny was sketch. That's what I think too. I think at some point in the past, maybe we missed it because he's not drawing on this during any of this, but he's just holding the pad in his hands. I mean, that's a good point, Paul. Maybe he is appearing on the page on its own. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Because I thought maybe it was a drawing he had seen before. But, yeah, the way he pauses. Yeah. Doesn't that look a little bit like Steve Dillon art again, too, there, where he's the, his, the, his the eyes are his looking face. at the page? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Then we cut back to Mr. Williamson, and he's getting to New Mexico, the land of it. He's making good time, and... Then there's a Zack and a, another Zack, and everything just goes dead. The power was car. And as mm. he sits there, fist comes smashing through his window, and it's Lord Dynamo's henchman saying, Good evening, come, listen now. And he rips the door off the car. He's got three of those, four of those robot guys who look like if you ever played the game Robotron. Oh, yes. Yeah. Robotron 2084. And, yes. <laughs> And then the dirigible is directly overhead, and it says, Jack Williamson, you will come with me. I have need of your services. I require a writer. And it's continued. And that ends our issue. So as as you both said, as we all said, it's you know it's not a very heavy into the story episode, but I think it does, to be fair, I think it does lay some groundwork for uh, you know where we're going to go in the next two issues. I think you know you you have to have that. It's always darkest before the dawn moment in a story like this. And I think we've hit that point now. So the next two issues are going to be setup and conclusion for how the JSA is going to become Lord Dynamo. And exactly, I would imagine next issue he will somehow be in his full glory by the end of the episode. And you're going to be saying, oh, my God, how's the JSA going to win? And then in episode issue six, how? Mm-hmm. That's my anticipation. Right. <laughs> but as we've said so many times, none of us have read ahead, so we don't know. I wonder if jo- Johnny's like, power of imagination will bring the genie back i i mean there is you i don't know, know based on what you know what we learned early on when they went over his origin there is a link between them so the you know the genie as the genie you know if the genie is able to reform maybe he's automatically drawn to johnny well because what no, what would no be pun the whole intended. point what would be the whole like maybe this whole it's the whole reason for the sub story you know we've been wondering like okay what is the meaning of this sub story with the I mean the subplot of him with the writer. Well, we've like, we've linked the here? two stories together now, so now it's just a matter of seeing where they go. Mm-hmm. You know, at first we had two independent stories going, and it was even a little bit more irksome because I didn't know where they were going to go with it. Now at least they've linked. Them. You know, like Williamson is going to sacrifice himself, and Johnny, the power was in you all along. Use your power. Call forth the GD, and it'll weaken um, Lord Dynamo. And I'll be able to defeat him when he draws the genie out of Lord Dynamo. I'm completely guessing. I have not read anything ahead. We will see. We'll Although see. I will read after maybe tomorrow or this weekend, I'll read the next issue and stop myself from reading six. So what do we got for some grades? Will we have any other discussion about the book in general? No, I, no, I, 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 got, think, uh, yeah, I, I think I've made my points on it. 
Ow. So you ready to rate it? Yep. Okay. I think I was the highest on the cover of the three of us, and I'm going to say... I kind of like it. There, you know, we pointed out the things we don't like about it, but I kind of like it just the same. So I'm going to give it a B minus. I expect to be the highest, but who knows? The interior art, I think it's pretty solid. I'm not a big Dylan fan, and you've pointed out some some uh, shots that look like Dylan drew them. Dylanisms. Uh, but just the same, I think it's pretty solid. Uh, although you did, you also pointed out some storytelling weaknesses. So I'm going to say a C plus on the art. The story, I almost feel like it deserves two grades. Uh, as part of the greater saga reading through this, it's fine, and I would give it a, a B-. minus. But as a standalone issue, I feel like not enough goes on, so I would give it a C. Uh, and overall, I'm going to give this book, as a standalone book, a C+. Um, I mean, even though the cover looks weird, it's not bad. It's just I don't think the models are on par for what they should be. Uh, I'm going to give them a C, C plus. Uh, the interior art, eh, I'm okay with Steve Dillon in some things, although it tends to, I mean, his, his art gets a little repetitive, but this is not his book, so I can't judge him on that anyway. <laughs> uh, I hate Steve Dillon. He has nothing to do with this book. And so I'm going to give this book a D for Dillon, but he ain't even in here. My head, My head hurts. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I said that at work this week. I was like, I'm trying to figure this stuff out, and my head hurts. Did anybody get it? The guys I looked at work, one of them I think did because he's 60, so he's kind of like, he kind of chuckled, but the guy that was 40 was like, huh? Like, never mind. Uh, so, uh, the interior art, I'm going to give it a B minus, and the story, it's a quick read, and it would, might go better in a trade when you have more to read all at one time. Um, so the story, C plus, B minus. So I'm like right at the cusp between C plus and B minus overall. Scoot. All right. Um, cover on this one, I got to be honest, I really don't like the cover on this one. It, it's just there's too much wonkiness. The, the only figures on the cover I really like is I really like how Green Lantern looks. He looks cool. And... Uh, our man, although he's not really doing much of anything, he looks cool too. But the rest of them, they're just, they're off model is the biggest problem with him, uh, especially Flash. Flash just, he looks like, like some young punk. He doesn't look like the Flash to me. Now, I mean, these guys would have to be fairly young to still be operating, you know, all the years later that we see them operating and everything. But I mean, this is supposed to be period. And I don't think he's supposed to be terribly young i mean he looks really young here like 17 18 years old and that's just that's too young for that character and then johnny just he, he looks older than everybody else and he's supposed to be the kid mascot so it, it's just wonky so honestly i think i'm gonna go a c minus on the cover i'm just i'm not real crazy about it um interior art is all over the place there's really great panels followed by some really poor panels um, I, I think so far this is the most inconsistent issue art-wise. There's just some real wonkiness. Uh, I noticed anytime you have multiple panels of the same character, the face morphs. Um, this sequence with the Flash here, his his face goes from old to young to skinny to fat, and the same thing happens with Johnny Thunder later on. Um, I'm trying to get to the page where it is here. But there was a page where I noticed that uh, his the shape of his face changes several times, and it's just odd through the whole thing. Oh, here it is. It's page uh, 25. And at the bottom of the page, the next to last panel, his face is completely different from how it's been drawn so far in this issue. And it's just it, it's a little off-putting. So, yeah, I thought the faces were inconsistent. I'm, I'm almost wondering if there was... Uh, there were other people in the inks on this besides just the guy that's listed at Erskine, because there is a lot of this that really does very strongly remind me of Steve Dillon. I'm almost wondering if maybe he did some ghost inking in this or something, because it, it really looks like his style. Um, I don't think the art is bad. It's just inconsistent, and that drives me crazy. Um, and there's also there's a, there's a little bit of wacky an, uh, anatomy in this one, too. I noticed that panel where... Uh, that we were criticizing where um, Wildcat is punching through the robot. That that just 
there's something odd about it. It just doesn't quite look right, uh, especially his knuckles. If those are supposed to be his natural knuckles, then something's going on with him. He's deformed or something. It just looks really odd. And Wonder Woman's hair goes from like a period piece hairstyle to there's a shot later. It's a group shot with the whole team where all of a sudden it's a very modern style of hair. So it's little things like that that kind of bring me out of the story a little bit when the art's inconsistent. But overall, I mean, it's not bad. It's just it's not as good as it has been up till now. And I really don't care for the colors in this particular issue. There's some odd choices. Um, on page 23, the second panel, the group shot there, everybody's colored very yellow. So, like, the Flash in particular looks Asian to me. And, and again, that sort of thing takes me out of the story. So it's it's just very, I don't know, it's very odd and very inconsistent. So art-wise, uh, I'm going to bump it down on this. So I'm going to say, I think I'm going to say a C- minus on the art as well. It's just not as strong as it has been up till now. Um, story-wise, it, it's good. I actually, I really enjoyed this issue a lot. Um, I liked the whole thing with Johnny Thunder. I didn't think anything would ever make me like this character, and I'm not saying I'm suddenly a fan of his, but I felt for his predicament. And I liked that as stupid as this character generally is, you know, it, it, he's generally written to just be kind of a dope. I like that he understands his situation and that he's the one that, is quick to point out that he, he doesn't even know what, you know, what's he doing here now? If he doesn't have the Thunderbolt, then why is he even hanging with these guys? You know, he's really of no use to them. And I like the team stepping up to defend him rather than them going, well, sorry, kid, you know, you, you can't hang with us anymore. You don't have a superpower. They're quick to, to say, no, you know, you're still important to us. And I like that sort of thing. You know, it, it kind of shows the, the heroic side of the team that they're not just going to toss him aside because he lost his magic genie. I thought that was kind of cool. So yeah, I'm I'm still interested to see where this goes. It, it was a to a certain degree, I felt like it was a bit of wheel spinning, but there there was some good character stuff in here too. So story wise, uh, I, I think it's as strong as it has been all along. So um, I think I've been going a, a, a B or B plus on story. So I'll say a B plus. I, I thought this you know story wise was a pretty strong issue. So overall, I know what's that shake out to about a, about a C. I guess C C plus. Yeah, I I'm gonna say C because I I do think it took a step down uh, this issue just art wise overall. I think the story is still you know pretty consistent with the way it's been, but the art definitely took a step down this issue. So there you go. All right, so that's this issue. I'm gonna uh, change the subject briefly because I just saw this timing wise. This will be old news by the time this airs, but right now this is something very current. Uh, our friend Professor Allen uh, has a has a blog uh, called Alan's Eyes and Ears, and each year he issues uh, podcast awards. Uh, and his podcast awards for 2019, he has various categories. But Back to the Bins took favorite overall podcast of 2019. And it Ooh. says, I listen to a lot of comic book podcasts, and this, this one is a consistent favorite. Every Saturday it pops up to the top of my playlist. Whether it is Paul, Bill, and Scott, or some combination of them with a guest, or this is always an entertaining list. I want to thank Professor Allen for those compliments, because they truly... I, for one, welcome our new Middleton Masters. <laughs> so we Hell won an no. overall podcast? Yeah. Wow. I think that's, you know, that's, that's a tremendous compliment, because I know he does listen to a lot of podcasts, and there are a lot of really good ones out there. So him to to, to get, you know, his favorite, I think that, that says a lot. You, are you sure it's... Not because his final intern check finally cleared? <laughs> no. He, if anything, I think he would give it if his check didn't clear and he was still trying to get money out of us. Now that he's got it, he's got nothing to gain. Ah. Yeah. And, and, and he, he is an economics professor, so he's well aware of that. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm genuinely, uh, I'm genuinely touched by that. And, uh, all, all I can say is, it's about friggin' time. <laughs> <laughs> All I can say is thank you so much. Thank you, Professor. That is awesome. That's it for this week, everybody. Listen next week for Back to the Bins, which may have the subtitle, Professor Allen's Favorite Podcast of 2019. <laughs> <laughs> we should do like a movie poster, you know, with like reviews. Voted Professor Allen's <laughs> Top Podcast 2019. All right. Goodbye, everybody. See you next week. 
Of course, he'd vote himself for favorite guest host on Back to the Bins. Right? <laughs> well, he did. Uh, we came in as the as a runner-up on favorite podcast that he guested on in 2000. Ah, I see. Those All those right. are, those are our only two uh, appearances. Uh, I I don't think I could complain about what we got. I, I, cool, it's pretty awesome. All right, bye everybody. Say goodbye, Scott. Bye. You supposed to say goodbye, Scott. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. So, oh, so what is this? Back to the bins? Where are we? We are back to the bins. We are back to the bins. Bum, 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 bum. No, that doesn't work, does it? Not really. Wait, we are binsers. Bum, 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 bum. Like we are farmers. I, I did figure that one out. <laughs> well, I want to make sure that you, you know, you knew what I was talking about. But the bum, 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 bum doesn't go well, does it? Goes wonderfully. Yeah. Well, then that's it. That's our new theme. All right. You just, you know. We are Binzers. Bum, 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 bum. That will be a uh, a bumper. <laughs> no, really? That's all I have is a big, giant bumper for you. Bumper boy. <laughs>